Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we have good news for you this hour. A very special uh, conversation with Captain Dale Black. He has a remarkable story of afterlife experience in his book, Visiting Heaven. And since it's Good News Friday and we have a great book to give away, we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of Captain Black's book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Well, today here on the bottom line, we are in for a real treat, especially because our guest is a man who has a, a great love, of course, of the Lord. A uh, fascinating story to tell about his remarkable ministry that he's done in the, in the aviation world for many, many years. But also, too, that he has a connection, not only just to uh, one of our big bottom line show affiliates, but especially if you're listening on KBRT. Uh, If you're a fan of Rich Bueller, you're going to love today's guest. Captain Dale Black is with me today here on the Bottom Line Show. His brand new book is called Visiting Heaven, and we're going to talk about some of the secrets of life after death uh, that Dale has experienced uh, in his truly remarkable journey. Captain Dale Black, welcome to the Bottom Line Show today. Thank you very, very much, sir. It's a pleasure to be with you today, and always a pleasure to be from uh, KBRT family, which we, years and years ago, we felt like we were part of that family as well. Yes. Well, the great connection with Orange County, with Rich Bueller, with uh, the church. I mean, it's, we, Dale and I have been getting to know each other here, and uh, it's just, it feels like old home week here for us, you know, just having this conversation. But, but when you look at Dale's testimony, uh, this is remarkable. I mean, former airline pilot, uh, he's a professional pilot training and aviation safety guy and a Christian missionary aviator as well. Uh, you're you, 40 years in the air. I mean, to, to help us understand what it's like to log the number of hours that you did, Captain Dale Black. I mean, even that's a remarkable testimony, even before your near-death experiences, they would say. Well, yeah, if, if, if I could just maybe preface it by saying this, anything that I would say about self or about... Uh, successes would be uh, pale because it has to go back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the reason I'm alive. Amen. God and his word is the reason that he answered prayer. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was a disaster as a Christian and the airplane crash and the subsequent uh, response after that crash, what all happened to me, which is in the book, Visiting Heaven, changed me from the inside out. And uh, yeah, I worked really hard in aviation. I wanted to be the best of the best for God's glory. But you see, as the only survivor of an airplane crash and a pilot at the time, I thought that I could help save lives and souls if I could study what caused airplane crashes, a specific crash, in other words, and then bring that information back and train the people in the airline industry so that that crash wouldn't occur again. And so that's what I did. And there are people that have flown way more than I have. Some have had twice as much flying experience, but I have had 18,000 hours of flying, Mm, but I spent a lot of time studying accidents and being uh, on the mission field and just giving my heart and my life uh, to the Lord Jesus as a, I guess I have to say, why not? I I lived my my life until I was 19 and I was pronounced dead on the site. And uh, some may or may not believe that. And I don't go around telling people I died, 
but I was pronounced dead by a paramedic. Hmm. And I don't know how people believe what actual death is, clinical death, or I don't know. I think it's loose these days. I'm a little more tight on that definition. But the fact of the matter is, I lived my first life very selfishly, and I was a I was a, a sore excuse for a Christian. Hmm. I even went to a Christian college. My mom and dad really twisted my arm uh, to go to a Christian college, not far from where you went for a time. Mm -hmm. I was at Pasadena College. Right. And went there when it was the Nazarene College before it moved to Point Loma. Yes. And, but uh, <laughs> I got kicked out of that college. I was permanently expelled. Oh, my. It, it wasn't horrible things I was doing, but I just couldn't stop pulling college pranks. Oh, you know, we took the <laughs> freshman class president and all kinds of things. But anyway, they 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 kicked me out and they were glad they did. <laughs> and I thought, well, no big deal. Uh, you know, I can handle it. That's no sweat. I'll go to another college I'd planned all along. Mm -hmm. And then this airplane crash happened and I changed from the inside out. Yeah. I just have never been the same. Mm. And uh, I didn't care to write about it. I didn't care to live, uh, to to stand in front of people and talk about it. I wanted to live it, just to live what I thought I learned, what I thought I heard, and what I thought I experienced, because I was so changed and transformed that I wanted to just live it. And yeah. the circles of people that I were around, probably not far, not unlike you, we were fundamental, you know, mm -hmm. we didn't know about the Holy Spirit. Um, I'd never heard of a after death experience ever, never read about it, never heard about it. So why would I want to be the first to talk about this? So it was very uh, easy to mm -hmm. not share this. And when I do share it, uh, ever since I have been sharing it publicly, I will not take a dollar from it, nor will my <laughs> wife. We do, we do this as a, a, a gift to God and to his followers that uh, follow Jesus. And I also take no pride in what happened. I only want to say I would like to be, if I can, I'd like to be a reflection yes. that Jesus Christ is real. Heaven's real. I believe hell is real. Mm -hmm. What's so exciting is that we can bring a little bit of heaven to earth if we understand God and understand his ways and understand his word. We can bring some of that right here on earth and see answers to prayer that are just spectacular. Yeah. It's a mm. it's a, a trials and tribulations our life are filled with. Yeah. But we have more victory when we take god's word put it in our heart speak it out our mouth live it act it out and oh my gosh what a different uh world that is someone came up with with the wording not me i didn't i didn't coin this but i really like it they said well what you're doing is what i've been always wanting to do what you did is what i've always wanted to do live like jesus for a day hmm I think that's great wisdom, I, especially when you're coming from a guy like Dale Black. And today you're on the bottom line. Visiting Heaven is the book, Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations by Captain Dale Black. Just now out, and we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dale, I enjoy the irony 
of the fact that not only did you have this uh, fantastic ministry and still have it in the aviation world, but also the fact that it was a crash, you know, in, in this world that kind of propelled you. I would think knowing yeah. me, if yeah. I'd been involved in a plane crash and gone through everything I'd gone through, the last thing I'd want to do is get behind the cockpit of a plane <laughs> and do that. And yet, God, what, what was it that led you there? Well, when I was a kid, our family was relatively well-to-do. We traveled around the world when mm -hmm. I was 14, and I fell in love with the travel and the thought of being in command of one of those big jets, the big 707. At the time, it's kind of funny to think about yeah. that. Yeah. At the time, uh, it got into my uh, bloodstream. My first flight lesson when I was 18, man, I was in love. I was mm. hooked. It just, uh, you know, there are people where when you take your first flight, you just know you're destined to do it. And, and right. I did. And um, anyway, I, I guess I could have done other careers, but God let me do what I had asked him to do. And he took me on a road, allowed me to do a lot of the things I had asked him to, to do. And then one day, uh, I should say one day when I was uh, flying in an airplane, I thought everything was perfect. I'd finally recovered from the massive amount of injuries. It took about 11 years altogether. Mm. Looked normal where mm -hmm. I'd I had plastic surgeries all over my face and my body was, uh, most people couldn't tell I'd been in an accident because mm -hmm. I, could, I could fake certain things, uh, how to use my left arm, how to do certain things. But on uh, the, uh, the 11 years after the crash, not on the anniversary, but 11 years after, I was in the cockpit of an airplane and I was flying. We were coming from Omaha to Los Angeles, LA area, right where you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming over to Las Vegas, I thought I heard a voice in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I know this, again, sounds strange, especially from one who doesn't want to sound strange. I don't want to <laughs> talk about supernatural things. I like right, to talk right, right. logic and science. Sure. And Oh, my gosh. And yet God has, for some reason, uh, put certain things in my life. And I have to obey him and I have to talk about it. But... In the cockpit, I turned around to see who was speaking. I thought maybe the flight attendant had opened the door and somebody came in, because in those days that would be normal. Um, nobody was there. And I turned my head around and cupped my hand like this, and I spoke out loud, right? I really did. I spoke out loud, and uh, I said, was that you, God? <laughs> and yeah. uh, sure enough, it was so loud, I thought that I could hear it with my ears. Mm -hmm. it, it, this has happened maybe three times in my life. This mm -hmm. was one of them. Wow. And I was told with no uncertain terms that this is my last flight for TWA, the airline I'd, I had prayed to God I'd be able to fly with. And I had a whole career in front of me. And that was my last flight. I landed and that was it. Wow. That was my last flight as an airline pilot, but it was not my last flight as an instructor and as an FAA examiner and as a missionary pilot. But that was my last flight as a professional TWA pilot. That that was just one of many where I just followed the leading of God and praise the Lord. 
I was put with a wife who had a call on her life as well, mm. still does. Mm -hmm. And when God would tell me to do something as strange as you can possibly think, she would always cautiously think about it, pray about it, and then jump in with both feet. She mm. would just not hold back. Uh, she just wanted, when I first met her, uh, I noticed one thing about her. She, of course, she was beautiful. But the main thing about her and my wife, Paula, is that she wanted to please God. God was more important than anything or anybody. And uh, praise the Lord. So mm, I love that. All of that is written inside the book, Visiting Heaven. All these stories, all of these things are written inside that uh, that book, Visiting Heaven, by Destiny Image. And Sean Tabbitt is, is yes. responsible for much of it. Yeah, Sean has become quite the authority on the uh, the near-death experience collections. And uh, and I love the fact that God has brought him into that place and, and brought you two together. Captain Dale Black is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Visiting Heaven, Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations is the brand new book. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this fascinating conversation coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Captain Dale Black is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His powerful autobiography, Visiting Heaven, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations, a man who uh, was the only survivor of a horrific plane crash when he was younger, uh, spent what he calculates as about three full days being escorted through heaven. He writes about this in the book. And one of the things I really was taken with, uh, Dale, and I'd love for you to kind of uh, uh, unpack this for us a little bit more, is you write in the book about how you discovered how valuable your life was and the human life is in God's economy by, based on what you'd been through. Ta help us understand that, because I mean, a lot of times when people pass away, we kind of think of them as just ending. You know, we'll see you again on the other side, but we, we don't really think about the value of life in God's economy. Talk about that, if you will. Help us understand that. It, it, it's every person alive is created by God with a basically a godly plan there's a there there are angels that are working hard on every individual to try to get that individual to become a vessel if you will of God and of his will on this earth we have choices, thousands of them that we make along the way. Mm -hmm. Satan, of course, is on the other side, the adversary. Yes. He's trying with his demonic forces. He's trying to pull that individual away to another from another direction. And so we have basically each person is born in the image of God. We are a spirit first. I found this out after mm -hmm. the crash when i looked down at the three bodies after the crash i looked down and i realized oh my gosh that's me right there yeah mm. i'm so sorry that i died so young but i realized right away that i'm a spirit oh my gosh i never heard of that before mm -hmm. but i'm a spirit that i learned later that the bible says that the spirit and the heart are the same they're mm. they're like one so yes. i'm a spirit and i have a soul okay that makes sense my mind my will and my emotions that's eternal along with my spirit and so yeah i'm a spirit looking at my dead body i'm a i have a soul 
my mind, my will, and emotions. And I used mm. to live down there in that body. Mm. Now, I'm not going to claim the fact that I was dead. It's possible that I was dead. But I do know this. Testimonies are galore. They're everywhere. That I had cuts all over my body and there was no blood flow. It looked mm. like blood had stopped. Mm -hmm. So that's why the three engineers, when they ran to my body and the others, they saw, okay, well, he's dead. He's not moving. And there's no blood coming from all of those cuts. So mm -hmm. they moved back, afraid of a fire. And and most airplane crashes have fire. Mm. And that makes sense. Yeah, there's almost no reason we didn't have a fire, but there was no fire, thank God. A paramedic came running out, and they, each one had a paramedic. They came to me, and they resuscitated me, put me in the ambulance, and I was raced to the hospital, strangely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've kept this story uh, very secretive, but we wrote it down and waited 40 years, and the Lord did not let me sleep. Mm. I could not sleep until I said out my mouth, okay, Lord, I'll make it public. Okay, fine. Because I was very happy to not do this. I knew that I was going to lose a lot of friends because my friends, many of them are not Christians. And the ones that are, they they don't, you know, they. you can't prove this, then why are you saying it? Right, right. And it's true. I can't prove it. But it's funny that... Uh, I've had 50 years to live it. <laughs> I don't mm. know a pilot that's done what I've done. Yeah. I, again, I say this, I said it at the beginning. If I've done something good, thank the good Lord. Thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit in me that, mm. that has done that. But thank the Lord. I've been able to lead over 30,000 people in 30 years to the knowledge of Jesus Christ being the wow. Son of God and to receive Jesus into their hearts, into their life. I did that. It, it took 30 years, but I did that as a pilot, as a businessman, not as a minister. Right, right. And uh, why not? Because yeah. when, when I came out of the coma, one of the first people I met was my old roommate, in the hospital named Joel Green. I found out his name and he was a 77 year old. I swung back the curtain and I said, you know, why are you here? What are you doing? And he said, I'm, I'm a 77 year old. My father's a minister and I've been running from God all my life. Wow. And I said, wow. Green, don't you understand? That's why I'm in your room. That's why we're mm. together. And mm -hmm. I said, let's pray. Let's ask God to come into your heart now. And he kind of, in a sense, he couldn't cross his arms. Yeah. He was doing that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I said, no, Mr. Green, believe me, this is the most important thing you'll ever do. And I'm wondering, why am I saying this? Right, I'm, right. I, I've, I've got one leg. I've got one arm. You know, I got an eye patch. And uh, I said, Mr. Green, now is the time for salvation. Even yeah. Jesus said, now is the time. So I turned it into the present tense. And we grabbed hands and I led him in a simplest prayer a young pilot could ever lead a guy into mm -hmm. and receive Jesus. And from that moment on, I, I, that we talked into the night, he was happy before he mm. was bubbling and angry and, mm -hmm. and happy. The nurses are wondering, what happened to this guy? Right. Next day, uh, the next day, Roger, I was rolled into surgery and uh, came back from that surgery after uh, 
being taken out of the drugs. And finally, I woke up and said, now, hey, where's my roommate? Where's my buddy? Where's my pal, Joel Green? And they mm. said, oh, Dale, we're so sorry. But he died early this morning. And oh, no. I got thinking. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He just in the nick of time, just in the nick of time, prayed to receive Jesus. He repented of his sin. Yes. He asked, because I, I always thought this way. I said, Mr. Green, give God the controls of your life. I was actually thinking about piloting, you know. Yeah, yeah. So given the controls of your life. And so I said that to him. I've been saying that ever since. But anyway, mm -hmm. just before he died, he received the Lord Jesus. And Praise I God. That he's in heaven. Mm -hmm waiting for me and that was the first of many that have been able to hear my story hear the fact that jesus is real he is the son of god he's not just a. I mean you can you can think this but a person ought to do their own due diligence learn about jesus what did he say just get a bible read the red letters if you can get a red mm -hmm. letter edition and find out who this man was. Was he just a preacher? Was he just a carpenter's son? Was he a prophet? Nothing more. Or, hey, maybe he's a lunatic. Maybe that's what he was. Mm -hmm. But if you read what he said and what he did with an open heart and an alert mind, I think most of your viewers will say, oh, my word, this was the Son of God. There's no way anybody could say and do those things if it wasn't, if he wasn't the Messiah. And mm. that's what I believe. And that's what I'm trying to tell others to at least consider learning about Jesus all by yourself. Yes. Read yes. What Amen. Read what he did. Amen to that. Decision. I love it. Such a great conversation, such an inspiring story too. Captain Dale Black, my guest today here on this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. Uh, the book is called Visiting Heaven. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, more about this conversation and this topic coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year, and and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100. 
It all counts towards saving babies' lives. KBrightRadio.com. Hit the preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Captain Dale Black is my guest. His brand new book is called Visiting Heaven, Secrets of Life After Death. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, not three, but four different copies of this book that we're giving away today. So lots of winners today here on this Good News Friday. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the book that we're giving away, Visiting Heaven, written by Captain Dale Black. It's a true story of the only survivor of an airplane crash. It's just amazing what Dale has learned and lived uh, since that crash took place. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. If anyone would have been guilty of survivor guilt, it should have been Dale Black. I mean, there's no question about it. To be the only guy to walk away, to be born into some kind of privilege, and to really not have the kind of faith that you would need, you'd think, to fully appreciate a visit to heaven, uh, but Dale survived it. And, you know, it's amazing how uh, God will use these near-death experiences, if you will, to help us go through the seasons that we go through. Um, you know, one of the things that is so remarkable about this to me is when I see the people who have had these NDEs, as it were, near-death experiences, I, I, I'm grateful to know that these folks um, have not only seen these things that we haven't seen, but, you know, they've discovered what Dale writes about, uh, heavenly keys to a life without limitations. When you think about it, if you spend, like Dale said, he spent three days in heaven, it changed his life forever. But each of us, maybe not necessarily on the I experienced death, but have had those kind of life-changing moments. I have one of my own that I'm going to share with you on the other side of the break. We've got, we're going to take a break here, and then we'll come back with more of my conversation with Captain Dale Black in just a moment. But something that was riveting and changed me for the good forever. Uh, that's coming up next as this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're continuing now about the midpoint of our conversation with Captain Dale Black. He has a brand new book out about his near-death experience when he was younger. It's called Visiting Heaven. Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Well, welcome back to this special edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Captain Dale Black is with me sharing his incredible testimony of surviving a plane crash, becoming a pilot, starting a ministry, I mean, leading tens of thousands of people to Christ. It's it got to be, I mean, humbling and so encouraging at the same time, Dale, and the story about uh, uh, that you shared with us just before the break about uh, uh, you know leading a fellow traveler literally home right before his name was to be called to leave this life. It's just, it's so inspiring. You've got to read the book, Visiting Heaven, Heavenly Keys to Life Without Limitations. You've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Something you wrote about in the book, Dale, I would love to get you to kind of expand upon, if you will. And that is, I think, when every, any time we talk to somebody who says they've had, you know, a near-death experience or been to heaven or whatever, I'm always intrigued with the description. 
you know, tell us what you saw, you know, and, and not, not from a just, you know, pass the popcorn and, you know, kind of curiosity, but you wrote something in the book about how people who truly love God will love heaven, but it's not meant to be an amusement park. Can you expand upon that? I think a lot of people think we make it through 80 years on this planet, and then we get to go and play harps and hang out with Jesus all day long. But you, you're, you have a much different view of heaven that you share. I can give you my perspective on that. And uh, again, I'll just say I do not read or listen to other people's stories. Right. I never heard one before mine. And uh, I am not trying to judge anyone at all. I'm not trying to criticize anyone either. But the Lord made sure that I understood that for me to make this public, I'm not to ever uh, look at other people's stories and whatever they've done. This, sure. this is a private uh you know, sacred thing for me. And um, so anyway, my information is everything in heaven, which can come up, uh, that can, can come real on earth too. Everything is rooted in the light and the love and the life of God. Mm. It's when the light comes out from the center of the city, which I instinctively knew it was God, not Jesus, God. The light came from God. Instinctively, I knew that. But in that light, which permeated through the walls, through the beings, through the plants, through the grass, through the animals, it was obvious it was penetrating into my cells. If there was, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. My body's yeah. down on but I'm up there in spirit form with my soul, I believe. My mm -hmm. mind, will, and emotions were there. So I don't completely understand this. I don't think I had a glorified body. I think that has to be later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The church is raptured. That's my, again, uh, I'm not a theologian. Uh, I'm a pilot. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. retired. <laughs> and I, I study airplane crashes. But I love God. And I have studied his word. Anyway. There's great unity. Earth is a reflection of heaven. And that's how God set it up. It's a reflection. It was ideally a perfect world until sin came. But, but we are to be, and we are to pray, as Jesus said, thy will be done in heaven, uh, on earth as in heaven. Yeah. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. I saw life and love and light all intertwined together mm -hmm. and when you are when i was sensing the light i was full of not just love pat on the back you're okay dale yeah. but an unconditional love that i have right standing with god not because of what i've done except the fact that i believed on the lord jesus and what yes, his he sacrifice did. did what yes. he did and I believed it. That's about all I've ever done. Mm -hmm. But with that comes this right standing with God. I've learned since that this righteousness is like an umbrella that God looks at us in a sense. And there's this umbrella over us. And that umbrella is the blood of Jesus shed for our sins, making us right, having right standing with God. So to make a long story short, there's this light 
which is brighter than the sun, but doesn't hurt. It, it, it's warm and invites you in. And then there is this love, which is unconditional yes. and made me feel like, if I may use this terms, I'm sorry, but it made me feel like royalty. I'm hmm. very cautious mm -hmm. not to add arrogance, not to add as uh, importance beyond what Jesus did. And this is what surprised me so much because uh, I don't think that a person could experience more than one second of heaven and come back with arrogance. How could mm. you do that? Mm -hmm, How could mm -hmm. you have any arrogance if you see the way it's been made? Uh, anyway, there's this unity of love and then there's life in heaven within, again, the first second, here's all of this happening. And you realize that life is coming from the light and it's giving you energy. It's giving you power. It's giving you something supernatural that you don't do in, in, in and of yourself. And in that life is there's no death. Notice uh, there's no dead leaves even there's hmm. no dead plants even right, there's right. no rain and yet there's a tremendous amount of water flowing and there's music going on by the way if i may just take a moment um i've heard people say that there's no time in, in heaven and that doesn't make sense to me because how could you have no time if there's music can you imagine hmm. trying to play music i don't mm -hmm. know I'm not a musician, but can you imagine trying to play music and have people singing together in harmony with no time? Mm. See, it makes sense to me. And mm -hmm. there was a there was a um, group of people that arrived right at the same time that I did. And you see how important time is to God in the Old Testament and the New as well. And the and the coming of Jesus, uh, it's all set up with time. And it seems to me like. We have time in heaven, but what we don't have is we don't have the restrictions of one lifetime. We have the eternity, mm. and we don't have the restrictions of we've got to hurry, we've got to push this together so that we're on. It's just all like there's no pressure uh, with the time. But I think what I noticed right away, oh, okay, timing with music. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And I noticed gravity. How, how could you have water flowing? without gravity very true very true and i noticed birds that were i uh, they were they didn't look like birds i recognized but they were birds flying and i thought well wait a minute in order for that to happen what we have gravity we have to what do we have anti-gravity birds i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed to me like there was atmosphere there as well mm. roger there's things i don't understand things that, mm -hmm. just, that don't make sense but what I came back with uh, is that the light and the love and the life of God touches everything and everyone yes. and it's that way in heaven. And as far as I can tell, it's that way on earth. If we allow it, right. if, we'll let, if we'll let his mm. spirit have control of our life every morning, give you, Lord, I gave you the controls of my life. Take the controls.
Mm, as your beautiful. first officer or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> the pilot's language, maybe. Yeah. But it seems to work because that way the Lord Jesus can have his way yes. in my life. And mm -hmm. do beautiful. I do every day I should. And other days I get tired and I, you know, uh, but basically uh, it's a way of living and, and it's very, very successful. The, the book title, which was done by Sean, by the way, he's the one that came up with it, mm. A Life Without Limitations. And that's basically living for God, acting and doing the things that Jesus would do if he was here in your house living with you every day. Amen. And that's what the book's about. I love it. I love it. Captain Dale Black is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's called Visiting Heaven, Heavenly Keys to Life Without Limitations. And I mentioned that link is up there. You were talking about how you felt like royalty uh, when you were there, Dale. And I had this first chapter two moment. You know, when you think about what Peter writes, talking about to the children of God, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I mean, that you, you, you felt that more than any of us who've never seen that have, you know, we, we hold on to that promise, but you've actually lived it. And I, I, it's no wonder that God has added this to your purpose and to your ministry. And that literally tens of thousands of people of people that you know of have heard that message and responded to it. And it's just, it's so inspiring. It's so encouraging, Dale. I'm honored that we get to spend some time together here today to talk about this brand new book and um, and that you still have that passion to reaching the lost and saving those who are saying, gosh, I'm not sure if this is worth it. I'm not sure if it's worth continuing. And you have such a great story to tell, not about the tragedies that you endured, but the triumph that you've experienced in your faith in Christ. And uh we're honored to have had this time with you today. Um, 60 seconds left. Talk about the book, Visiting Heaven, and how you're hoping people will use it. I mean, it's a fascinating read. Is it something for pastors to use as sermon material or Bible study material? How, how are you envisioning people using this story? I think what we find here is that uh, I came back so completely transformed. There's just no way to describe it really well. Um, and it's not about uh, candy, eye candy, ear candy. It's about learning about God, learning about how God works, what's important to God, what he wants from every person. You don't have to be in an airplane crash to uh, have this understanding, and you don't have to uh, go to heaven and come back to have this understanding. The disciples had it after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. The disciples had it. Paul had it. The whole church has spread throughout the whole world. It's become the number one religion still on the earth. If you call it a religion, I don't. I call it a relationship. But mm -hmm. still, it's true that God is real. Jesus is his son and always will be. And he was sent to earth by God. Jesus said it himself. God did not send his son to the earth to condemn the world no, but no. that the world through him might be saved and that's what we need to know he's not here to condemn you he's not to say that's wrong that's right that's wrong give him a chance in your life G uh, john three sixteen it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only son 
that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. This is real. Heaven is real. And this earth is a reflection of where we're going. Hell is real too. There's no reason to talk much about that, but we do have a very important chapter in the book, Visiting Heaven, about hell. It changed my life again. But we need to remember that God is real, heaven's real, and the word of God, the word of God, God's Bible, his written word, it does not pass away. It works here on the earth. It works in the heavens. It works in the universe. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but right. my word will not pass away. Amen. We have to get a hold of his word and yes. we have to put it into our heart. And I think speak it out our mouth oftentimes. Yes. That's how yes. I got to use my eye. I remember the scripture that said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Mm. And I, I, I was with an eye that was never supposed to be able to see. And of course, without being able to see with my eye, how am I going to be a pilot? Right. So. I studied the word of God and I tried to apply the word of God and make a long, long story short. And it too is in the book, uh, Visiting Heaven, how to develop better eyesight. Mm. Not saying that throw your glasses away, never <laughs> saying that. Yeah. But I'm saying that eyes are, are interesting designed by God. They're, they're controlled a lot by muscles and they're controlled a lot by diet. And so in that book, uh, I show how I was able to get my eye for 40 years, 2020 uncorrected vision. Wow. Because of God's word and the supernatural healing from God, practical application of that word, 2020 vision, no Lasix, no contact lenses, no glasses ever, 40 years with 2020 vision. Hmm. But I had to do the exercises and the prayers all those 40 years because mm. if i didn't i would have trouble passing the test right right anyway yeah god's love word it. is real and yes. it's the structure that holds the earth together and it holds heaven together you can't separate god and his word you just can't do it so what does that mean get a good bible Get an old one if you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> paraphrase. I recommend not a paraphrase. That's just me. Yeah. But get a good old Bible that's as old as you can and uh, read that a Bible. Start in the New Testament, not the old necessarily. Go to the old later. But if you're a brand new believer and read it with your heart, read the Bible with your heart mm. and an alert mind. But you can't just do it with your mind. You have to engage your heart because your heart is your spirit. Yes. And the Bible is spirit food from God to your spirit. So these are a few of the things that I uh, brought back. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And this book is a required reading, I think, especially for the times that we're living in right now. Captain Dale Black, the book is called Visiting Heaven, Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dale, thank you for your time today. We need to have you back on to talk about your story a little bit more and also your wife, Paula, and her amazing cancer journey. But until then, may God continue to richly bless you and your family as you continue to grow in and serve him faithfully and joyfully. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you so very much. The honor has been mine for sure. 
That is such a powerful testimony, and I'm grateful we've been able to share it today here on The Bottom Line Show. Again, Captain Dale Black has been my guest. The book is called Visiting Heaven, Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, not two, not three, but four copies of this book to give away today. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'm going to talk about not a near-death experience per se, but in the in that sense of that we often see those stories listed, but my own personal testimony because uh, an event happened uh, recently that has kind of put me in a whole new trajectory and many bottom line listeners have picked up on it and they've written me about it so i want to address it coming up next as the bottom line continues you can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds wilson financial has simply better alternatives the last 12 months there has been almost 1.7 trillion invested in investment grade bonds this move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns why market volatility Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account, Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Captain Dale Black for joining us today here on The Bottom Line. Um, his book is called Visiting Heaven. The subtitle really describes it, Heavenly Keys to a Life Without Limitations. Uh, we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. Oh, no, we do have four. Sorry. <laughs> four copies uh, that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. In 2017... I experienced, I, 2016 was one of the best years ever for my health. Lost some weight, uh, went on Laura Harris-Smith's uh, uh, 30-day faith detox, and it really put me on the trajectory to what I thought was good health. By January of 2017, I was feeling a little sluggish, and I remember uh, saying, okay, first of the year, I'm going to do a juice cleanse, and I'm going to go to the gym. Hadn't been working out all that much. I really hadn't done a lot of working out uh, since I did the detox. And that first weekend, I went to the gym. I worked out for about a half hour, and it just didn't feel right. And that night, I decided not to. It was Saturday, and I decided not to go to church. I didn't have to. I wouldn't be there that day. Um, I was going to go home and go to bed, and I got the shakes, something awful, and uh, was sharing a place with my sister at the time, and she came home from work. She's a nurse. She called 911. They rushed me to the hospital, and I wound up spending five days in the hospital with sepsis. And uh, sepsis has a 20% success rate. success rate of saving you so it was not an easy time but it started me on the road to recovery that led me to a pulmonologist to check out a couple of scars on my lungs eventually to a cardiologist who uh, did an echocardiogram and a stress test and they discovered that I had a damaged aortic valve and I had the surgery on March the 12th uh, 2018 to repair the uh, the aneurysm and the damaged valve 
And if I had not had the surgery on that day, if we'd waited another week, there's a good possibility you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Since that time, I mean, the time I was in the hospital with sepsis, the time I was in recovering from surgery, and since that time, my dreams have become more vivid. Uh, God wakes me up in the middle of the night most every night to have a conversation. I, I get so busy sometimes during the day, apparently it's the best time for me to, here to get my attention. And there are things I haven't done yet that God has called me to do and I need to. But one of the things that he really impressed upon me and really compelled me to do was to preach the gospel. And if you've heard on the Bottom Line show that I try to make sure that at least every program I talk about what the true gospel is. And part of the reason I do that so passionately is because it wasn't until I went through seminary that I actually was able to deconstruct it, reconstruct it, figure out what it was, because there are a lot of people in the church who just say, this is the gospel. Um, or they'll read from one of the gospels and say, this is the gospel of the Lord, praise to you, O Christ, and not really know what it means. But it's interesting to me how over these past few years in particular, um, there's been such a change in the culture too. And I don't know if it's the culture's changing more or that I'm noticing it. Maybe it's a combination of both. Maybe you're having that experience as well. I want to encourage you to take a page out of Captain Dale Black's playbook. Begin with the end in mind. Live like there is no tomorrow. Start making decisions that have more focus on the right now in terms of <clears throat> salvation and eternity. There are a lot of people in the church who are scrambling that I see. People who liked the way the church was set up and now Jesus is kind of overturning the tables, if you will, like he did in the, in the temple. And if you understand the context of what that means, him going through and saying, wait, the Jews are running their own currency. They're overcharging the truly poor for temple obligations that are as under the Lord, not under them. Why are they doing this? You begin to realize that there are some things that we get all hung up on in the culture that really don't matter as much as the most important thing. And that is, where do you stand with Jesus? Where do you sit with Jesus? What's going to happen when you stand before him face to face? Are you ready? And I'll make a rather shocking declaration about my own view of that coming up next as the bottom line continues. When you were in an accident, Stephanie Cover of Cover Law is the only personal injury attorney you need. Stephanie talks to victims all the time who wish they would have signed with her first. Unfortunately, once you've signed a retainer with a different attorney, Stephanie can't represent you. So it's crucial to have Stephanie's number handy now and make the smart call the first time. Stephanie is the right attorney to represent your personal injury claim, specifically because she worked for insurance companies for 20 years, so she knows the best questions to ask and when. Stephanie knows when things don't sound accurate, and she knows when she's being deceived. Stephanie is a Christian, and telling the truth is vital, so she holds professionals to that standard, too. Stephanie's unique blend of skill, expertise, and compassion get you real results. Bookmark Stephanie's website now so you don't have regrets, and pass it on to your friends and relatives who will need it. Just go to kbrightradio.com slash cover today to set up a free consultation. That's kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I'm sure some people are looking, wait, what is Roger talking about? I mean, he's talking about not being sure of salvation, and it's a good thing he had a near-death experience, and what's going on. But it's true. 
Um, though I didn't have the classic near-death experience like Captain Dale Black, who we were talking about today. By the way, you could still call in for a couple of minutes to get a copy of his book, Visiting Heaven, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. All I have to say is this. God loved me enough to warn me through medical professionals that my heart was failing. He warned me and then showed me a way that I could have my heart surgically repaired. And I really wrestled with this. I always mentioned Todd Stickler and I having a conversation one day where I thought, well, you know, if my number's up, if it's time for me to go home, then why would I want to put everybody through all the hassle and the time and the resources? I mean, in another generation, I would have just, you know, passed out at dinner and that would have been the end of it, right? Like my buddy Austin Hill did. And Todd said, well, you know, maybe God has you in this time right now because the technology's here and he wants you to go through this. And so I did. And I'm so glad I did because I would have been so horribly unprepared for heaven about my sin and the gravity of it and how much I need a savior and how much I didn't understand about who God is. And I've learned so much in these past six years now. Since that happened, I'm so grateful to God that he pushed me to the brink in that regard. I want to encourage you if you're feeling that way too. Captain Dale Black will tell you this. Anyone who's ever had an NDE will tell you this. That is that moment where you realize that God has a greater plan for your life here and a greater understanding of what awaits us here. We can't even begin to imagine how wonderful heaven is going to be with the Lord. I just wanted to share that with you as an encouragement because Dale's conversation uh, inspired me to. We usually go a half hour on these and we want a full hour with Captain Dale Black, but that is the good news and that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, you've got Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus uh, coming up next for you. For those who remain on the network, a praise story from a woman that you would not expect to hear a praise story from or about. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and uh, it's good news when you look at someone and ask the question, could that person possibly ever change? You know, this is the thing that I think is so amazing about the culture that we're in right now is there are a lot of people who are, um, they're looking at the world around us right now, and, and they're kind of looking at it as a finite situation. You know, it's always going to be like this. It's never going to change. And, you know, you see what's happening in Israel. And I think it's kind of, uh, well, it, it's frustrating in certain ways because we don't think, you know, that, uh, that it's going to have a good outcome. We're hoping and praying that it doesn't. I know so many people, I mean, you, you experience Israel on so many different levels right now. You know, there, there's the emotional level. You see the video. I hear people screaming, the sirens. You see where the rockets have damaged things. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, you, you would not be a human being. You wouldn't be alive. You wouldn't have a conscience if you didn't feel something uh, or feel some kind of way, as people might say, with regard to uh, the, the, the destruction, the chaos. And this has been going on for a couple of weeks now, and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's horrifying. At the same time, then you have to get past the what happened to get into the how did it happen, and then, of course, the why did it happen. And the how did it happen is kind of gruesome when you get to the, you know, the particulars of what's happening and the number of uh, people who are, are, you know, in other countries that are involved. I mean, what was that re report that came out yesterday morning where it was discovered that the Israeli forces who uh, were able to stop the initial Hamas attacks 
on Saturday, October the 7th, they've, they also discovered a cache of weapons and uh, were able to ascertain that the weapons were actually sold to Hamas by North Korea of all countries. And so now we haven't heard Kim Jong-un's name mentioned. We've been talking about China and Russia and Iran, of course. Iran's doing a lot of saber. It's interesting how Iran is using this whole deal as a way to kind of build up their, well, you know, you you insulted us, so now we have to attack you. But the idea, I I kind of... uh, Develop, started this uh, developing this theme yesterday on the program, but just to kind of finish up on it, the Dennis Prager video uh, featuring a clip from Trevor Noah talking about uh, you know the, the reason why this is so hard to watch is because it's all about Israel that has all this strength, and it's just not fair that the Palestinians can't defend themselves. And what he left out, as he does this a lot, I know he's a clever guy, he has good writers, but he is he's being used, quite frankly, right now as an instrument and people like him are where you don't look at the whole story you know you've heard the uh, the the old uh, uh familiar yarn about the uh, was it 10 blind men who were stationed at different parts of an elephant and asked to describe the creature and so each of them said well an elephant is this because that's all they knew that that was the only part of the elephant they'd ever seen and the the progressive left has a bad case of that as well. Now, Christian fundamentalist right could do that also. They could say, well, I'm a Christian and I love America and, and we believe that God ordained that this should be our country, so therefore we're a Christian nation and by golly, God bless America. And I say, well, wait a minute. I mean, yeah, I mean, God may have ordained that we establish this nation here, but let's take a look at the whole history of how people got here in the first place and what was done to, you know, kind of move them into position and then ways that scripture was misused by political candidates and pastors and others to uh, lift up certain abhorrent behaviors. I mean, see, we can have that cognitive dissonance where we could say, yeah, I believe that God, I I, I honestly believe that God uh, had a a special plan for this nation and ordained it. But when you look at the way the the quote-unquote church was kind of complicit in saying, oh yeah, we call this uh, what the uh, discovery of domain or domain of discovery. In, in other words, when you get there, since the Catholic Church, the Vatican says, you're okay, uh, all you explorers, you go out there and do whatever you need to do to claim the land because by golly, God said so, because we said so. I, I, I find it not surprising that this doctrine of discovery was uh, prominent in Columbus's discovering of the New World, if you will, 1492-1493, and some 20-plus years later, Martin Luther shows up and says, hey, guys, uh, maybe we're not doing this church thing right, you know? But back to Israel, Trevor Noah's point was, you know, poor, poor Palestinians, bad Israel. And Dennis Prager's point was, well, he doesn't see right and wrong and good and evil in the world. Trevor Noah and his ilk see strong and weak, and they see any country that is strong as being bad or evil and any country that is uh, weak as being worthy of being uplifted. And I think this is, it's kind of a out of left field Good News Friday story, but I, I wanted to just you know, update where we are as far as the status of what's going on. The U.S. has promised aid to, to both sides of the equation. A couple of U.S. warships are in the Middle East right now uh, helping to defend Israel at the same time You've got $100 million that'll be going through Egypt to the Palestinian people who've been displaced by the actions of both Hamas and then the retaliations by Israel. And knowing that if any of that, those resourcing, food, water, money, gets into the hands of Hamas or Hezbollah, 
then um, the U.S. will cut off the aid. But uh, brothers and sisters, the good news that, that there is here to report, I mean, obviously the bloodshed's painful. But when, when scripture talks about the quote-unquote momentary light afflictions that we all go through in this life compared to the eternal glory, we're seeing biblical history playing out. I mean, Zechariah 12 is showing up in terms of Jerusalem and Judah being areas where the whole world wants to destroy them, and yet God's holding them up. Remember, Judah is modern-day, quote-unquote, Palestine. And so the Palestinian people, it was the Roman government 2,000 years ago that said, we're going to call this area Palestine. And so there's been a lot of confusion there uh, in terms of who does what. Some people in Europe or you know, the more refined people have referred to them as Palestinians. And, but there, I mean, the, the nation of Palestine, if you will, wasn't legally incorporated until 1988. But look at what we see in terms of, take a, a deep breath. I mean, the, the bloodshed is hard to watch. The bombs going off. The Here's a before picture of a city in Gaza, and here's an after picture. Uh, they're very, very difficult to, to look at. There's no question about it. But look at them through the lens of Scripture. Look at them through Ezekiel 38. Look at them through the book of Revelation. I mean, there's a reason why, and I know we as uh, Bottom Line Show listeners are very, very fascinated in this. And the supernatural, the, the beyond experience. I mean, the fact that we just had Colonel uh, Captain Dale Black on with us to talk about his near-death experience and the fact that more and more people are saying, yeah, I was dead for a number of days, a number of hours, I saw heaven or I saw hell. And it really does help us, I believe, as Christians. That's why I'm getting all excited about this. It does help us to put in perspective what's going on. Those wars and rumors of wars that we read about in Scripture, they're happening. This area, this is Zechariah 12. I mean, you've got Jerusalem, Israel. You've got Judah. And the, all, all other sides are ganging up in a war. Hamas does not care about the Palestinian people. We have to understand that. Hamas and Hezbollah care about power. And one of the ways that progressives, we talked about this with uh, Pastor Jason Jimenez yesterday in his book about progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity sees anything that looks like a power structure as something that should be dismantled because the weaker you are, the better you are. That makes you a good person. So they go after transgender rights or homosexual rights or immigrants' rights. Well, let's find the weak and disenfranchised and then because that's where the real goodness is because if you have any sort of strength, you're not. I was raised in a world, as were you, where you looked at people in positions of power and asked the question, how did they get there? And then you look at the virtue based on biblical values. And then you say, wow, isn't that incredible? The CEO of this company or the president of this nation or whatever it is, they have a faith in God and they're in that position. Wow, God has elevated them. Isn't that a good thing? But in the world of social media, the reality TV show and whatnot, it's amazing how people who have that bad reputation, as it were, or that reputation for being weak, are actually seen as the heroes to the left, and the people who do not are seen as the bad guys. So the United States is seen as an evil country. Uh, we've got uh, Israel is seen as an evil country. But apparently, um, <laughs> apparently, if you are uh, you know, trying to transition your kid from male to female, that's perfectly fine because it shows the weakness in masculinity. Let's tear down the church. Let's tear down everything about it. So when somebody steps away from, say, the transgender movement and says, wait a minute, I'm going to live, like Laura Perry Smaltz uh, talks about in her book, um, From Transgender to Transformed, I believe is the title, where she lived for nine years as a man 
and then God spoke to her in a vision and her mom kept witnessing to her and an online Bible study helped bring her back to faith. And now she's very outspoken saying, look, gender dysphoria, it, it, it's, let's not focus so much on the sinful part. Obviously, it, there's a there's sin nature if you wanting to change who you are before God. But the question then is, well, how now shall we live? I mean, you see how the progressives hate stories of, you know, this guy was a guy and he tried to become a woman and now he's going back to being a guy. They're like, no, you can't do that. We liked you better when you were a guy trying to become a woman because you had weakness and that meant you were good. So now if you're developing a strength in who you are and knowing who you are, that's not good to the left anyway, to progressives. Um, on the other side of this break, I want to share another story about somebody who's made a huge transition, a woman by the name of Catherine von Drakenberg. She is a, uh, was heavily into the occult, heavily into witchcraft. Uh, she had her own reality TV show. And recently there was a report that not only has she renounced all of her occultic ways, but she's now a born-again Christian. Now, you may not know who Catherine Von Drakenberg is, but if you've ever heard of the reality show star Kat Von D from the show L.A. Inc., well, wait till you see the video we're going to put up at thebottomlineshow.com of her being baptized at a small church in Indiana. That story's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad you've tuned in today as we've been updating on the, the good news. I mean, the Good News Friday story from Israel isn't any, any major political decision, per se, or announce of aid or anything like that. It's just the fact that we, the good news is we can take time and rejoice, keep praying for Israel, of course, but also rejoice in the fact that we're seeing biblical prophecy lived out before our eyes. And the fact that we, it does echo the Lord's return, which should place a lot more fire under our feet with regard to proclaiming the good news. And you don't have to go out and be an evangelist per se, just live your life and tell your story. How, what has God done for you? I mean, in my case, my story is that I grew up in a good God-fearing church going home. My parents are really nice, conservative looking people. They vote Democrat more like John Kennedy Democrat than you know the current leftist Democrat. 
but my sister and brother and I grew up in nice homes and nice environments. And it wasn't until I was 19 that I realized, hey, wait a minute, I learned that American evangelical version of Christianity that says, be a good person, go to church, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't have premarital sex, and, and you'll be fine. You're going to have a ticket punched. And it wasn't until after my first year of college where I tried some of the excesses, and I didn't do very well with them, that I realized, hey, wait a minute, I, I had accepted God on my terms, not on his terms. And I surrendered my life to Christ shortly before my 19th birthday. And then the next year of my life was one of the most difficult years of my life because God was taking away all of those tangibles that I had placed my trust in and showing me who he is. And he's never stopped showing me who he is. I marvel at the fact that every day, every year, I get to see more of who he is. I get to see me in light of who I am. And I just praise God that he rescued me, that he loved me. I praise God that he showed me that I had a bad heart valve and that I had open heart surgery five and a half years ago so I could learn more about him and to love and appreciate him more in this life and to share that message with other people before the role is called up yonder. I mean, I'm 62. I don't know how many more days I have. I could have a couple more months. I could have 30 more years. You never, you, you don't know. So what we're seeing in, in, in Israel, I mean, you really do see the birth pangs of you know, the, the Lord's return. And this story I'm going to get into now, we'll wrap up this edition of uh, Good News Friday with the story of Catherine von Drakenberg, who if you follow reality TV at all, and I, we kind of like some reality TV shows, uh, she was on a TV show on the TLC channel. Remember, it used to be called The Learning Channel? And so why would The Learning Channel have a reality show called LA Inc.? Uh, literally about Cat uh, Von D, who was a member of the, uh, she practiced occult practices. She practiced witchcraft. She was this cool looking woman from Mexico whose parents were actually missionaries. Was in the U.S., work, had a very famous uh, uh, tattoo parlor in the Los Angeles area, hence the name L.A. Inc. And she had this very, the, the gothic look, you know, the really dark, over-dyed hair, lots of tattoos, tons of eye makeup, and, you know, just they were into all of those different things. She posted a post on her Instagram page a couple of weeks ago where it showed her literally being baptized at a small church in Indiana. Very, very interesting to watch her listen to a pastor basically explaining, you know, what was happening in the waters of baptism. Uh, she is dunked, comes out of the water, starts hugging her pastor uh, in the church service. Later on, they show her singing with the choir. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. What is it about what happened? Kat Von D is now 41 years of age. She's a wife and a mother. And in July of 2022, she'd been doing some soul searching. This is a portion of a Facebook, or excuse me, Instagram post that she posted in July of 2022. Quote, I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your lives right now, but over the last few years, I've come to some pretty meaningful realizations, many of them revolving around the fact that I got a lot of things wrong in my past. Now, her parents were members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. She said her growing up years were kind of like, as she put it, Christianity with a few Jewish traits, like we kept the Sabbath. I mean, that's an SDA thing. Uh, she said we went to church on Saturday. We followed the Ten Commandments. We didn't eat any pork. We didn't eat fish without scales, you know, the, all the food requirements. And But her dad was a missionary doctor in Montemorelos, Mexico. And so 
they lived a very humble life there. He was trying to build a mission hospital there. Uh, somehow she wound up making it to uh, Los Angeles, had opened up a tattoo parlor called High Voltage and really got into the occult. And a lot of people get into that type of stuff, quite frankly, simply because they like the imagery. I remember, uh, I had, it's kind of a strange story, but it really did happen. Uh, while I was at Cal State Fullerton uh, majoring in business, I was working in local radio. I worked at a station in San Luis Obispo, then one in San Bernardino, and then I worked at uh, KYMS, the old contemporary Christian music station here in Southern California in Orange County. And I was still going to school part-time, and I had the most interesting people in my classes when I was there. Like in the, uh, I think it was the fall of 1982, I was taking a class, a, a chemistry class that was the history of air and water pollution. And there was a guy who would always show up wearing a, one of those rain trench coat things. He had a buzz cut with a rat tail, kind of like Bruce Hornsby style, which usually dyed blue or something. And Converse All-Star high tops, and he'd fall asleep in the back of the class. Well, it turned out it was Ojo Taylor from Undercover. We used to sit next to each other in class all the time. We've never actually met, but you know. That was it. Well, a couple of years later, I was taking a marketing class, which was fascinating to find out the psychographics of what makes people buy what they buy. And in the uh, in the class, there was a, a young lady. I don't remember her first name, to be honest with you. I just remember her last name and who her brothers were. Her last name, maiden name, was Apice, A-P-P-I-C-E. And if you know anything about classic rock, you know that there were two legendary rock and roll drummers, Carmine Apice, who played with Vanilla Fudge and Rod Stewart, and Vinnie Apice, who played with Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath. Those were her brothers. I think her kid brothers. And I remember one time just, you know, I'm trying really hard not to be like a, you know, fan. But I was asking her, so, you know, um, your brother Vinny plays in these bands like Black Sabbath and, you know, plays with Ronnie James Dio. And it seems like they're really into like the occult and, you know, witchcraft and stuff like that. Um, is your brother into that type of stuff? And she goes, no, 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 not at all. She goes, matter of fact, Ronnie isn't either. I said, really? Then why does he do it? She goes, he just likes the look. Literally, his home looks like a castle. He collects all that type of stuff. He collects, you know, chain mail and armor and stuff like that, but also the imagery of stuff of the dead. He just thinks it's cool. I thought, yeah, you know, you can't really think it's cool without stepping into it. And I would imagine that if Kat Von D grew up in Mexico and was around a lot of that type of stuff and it influenced her and she just thought, well, religion is religion, then maybe that's how she kind of wandered into it. But I find it very interesting that somewhere around the start of the pandemic, she had, you know, wasn't doing as much work probably. The TV show may not be happening not that tattoo parlors were ever essential during COVID-19. So maybe that's when God used that time to speak to her. She and her husband decided to close the shop. They have a son together. They moved to a small town in Indiana and decided to get away from the limelight. So in July of 2022, when she said, I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your lives right now, but in the last few years, I've come to some pretty meaningful realizations many of them revolving around the fact that I got a lot of things wrong in my past, that she continued. Today, I went through my entire library and I threw out the books that just don't align with who I am and who I want to be. I've always found beauty in the macabre, she wrote. But at this point, I just had to ask myself, what is my relationship with this content? And the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of those things into our family's lives, even if it comes disguised in beautiful covers collecting dust on my shelves. 
a lot of people, you know, we're all kind of drawn to the beauty of agony and loneliness and heartbreak. Sometimes you could see a, something that looks like a very uh, heartbreaking uh, painting uh, that is actually quite beautiful. We can have that cognitive dissonance. Apparently she did too, growing up in a, a home that was part of the Seventh-day Adventist church. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about why this is so meaningful and why the town of Vevey, Indiana is now kind of the epicenter of Kat Von D's world. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I love stories where you see God's redemptive hand at work. And in the case of Catherine von Drakenberg, a.k.a. Kat Von D. of the reality TV show L.A. Inc., 41 years of age now, married and the mother of a child, and she and her husband a few years ago rather quietly made the decision to move from L.A. to Vivay, Indiana. She went through and just started spending some time in prayer and contemplation and reflection. She had been heavily involved in the occult and witchcraft. It was kind of part and parcel with what she did in terms of the art work that she had, body art, tattoos, things like that. And really, God started speaking to her, and she asked the question, why do I have this stuff? Oh, yeah, I look at the, the visual and say, boy, the, art, the artistry is very beautiful, the colors, everything. But when you get right down to the fact that it means something, this is inviting witchcraft and the occult into my family, and I don't want that to happen. So she rather famously posted on Instagram a year and a half ago that she had thrown out all of her books, all of her artwork, everything that had anything demonic about it. And then a couple of weeks ago at a small church in Vevey, Indiana, Kat Von D was baptized into the family of God. And it's interesting because she's getting a little bit of flack from her former clients and people who like watching her show. And her response says, hey, in no way is this post designed to put anyone down if you're into that stuff, because I think that everyone's on their own journey and I love everyone regardless of where they might be. But right now, it's never been more clear to me that there is a spiritual battle taking place and I want to surround myself and my family with love and light. And you can read that any way you want to. So welcome to the family, Kat Von D. Of course, uh, Christianity or Christian Post rather ran uh, the article initially and a variety of other places. And she said now she's getting people in the body of Christ who are criticizing her. And uh, she says, you know, usually you can't judge a book by its cover, but in this case, judge me by my, look at the outward. Look at what I'm doing with my life. And when you get right down to it, this is the thing that I think it sometimes paralyzes Christians and even divides us. And that is 
the idea that we kind of get hung up on the semantics of whether or not Christians are supposed to do good things. Uh, our Catholic friends would say, absolutely, you, what you do is important to define who you are as a believer. Whereas some of the more uh, Lutheran or you know, mainline denominations also say, well, look, Jesus did all the work. You don't have to do anything. But the implication, uh, they're really kind of similar ways or different ways of saying similar things. And that is when you're a Christian, the transformation takes place in your heart. But the motivation then that results from that leads you into the waters of baptism. It leads you into Bible study and prayer. It leads you to celebrate the Lord's table with other brothers and sisters in Christ and to worship with them on a regular basis and to do good things. Jesus said, look, I mean, if, if good works weren't a part of our Christian faith, then why would Jesus say in Matthew chapter five, let your light so shine before others that they can see your, you know, good deed. <laughs> but in doing so, what they will see is not you and how wonderful you are, but they'll see Christ in you doing those good deeds. Uh, whether it's in Israel, I pray for our Palestinian Christian brothers and sisters, and even those in Israel who right now are lost. They're living kind of a culturally Jewish, but uh, practically atheistic existence. May the tensions of the world and the weirdness, and the craziness uh, bring more good than harm. And I pray, Father, that you would use these tumultuous times to bring people like Kat Von D back from the abyss and into your loving embrace. Welcome home, as the prodigal son was welcomed back by his father. We know that you are always there to welcome us until the fullness of time. Help us to make the most of every opportunity because the days truly are evil. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line.